0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: We'll start reading in verse 21. It said, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Any time you see somebody in the Gospels, Calling Jesus son of David, that means they recognize, it's an acknowledgement of Jesus being the Messiah. She's literally saying, I believe you're the Christ, the son of God. Well, that's good, but is that going to help her? It doesn't immediately. Verse 23 says, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. What that means is she's bothering us. She won't give up. She won't quit. So verse 24 tells us, Jesus answered and said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he's saying, you're a Gentile. I can't help you. Now, he doesn't seem to say it to her, but she seems to be right there because she comes and worships him in response to Jesus saying, I can't help you. I'm sent only to the Jews to begin with. She comes and worships him, saying, Lord, help me. Now, folks, I want you to realize she said two things. She said, I believe you're the Christ, and I'm asking you for mercy. And now, secondly, she's saying, Lord, help me. Neither one of those does the trick. Because neither one of those are a substitute for faith. Jesus answers in verse 26 to her saying, Lord, help me, and says it's not meet or right or appropriate to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now, what is she looking for? She's looking for deliverance. Deliverance and healing are on the same level. So, notice what Jesus says Jesus says that healing and deliverance are the children's bread, they belong to the children. Now, he's saying the children at that point in time were the Jews. But aren't you and I children of God now? Well, when did healing stop being the children's bread? If healing has ever stopped being the children's bread, then that means God's changed. If God's changed, the Bible's a lie, and we might as well throw it away. Thank God it never changes. Healing is still the children's bread. So Jesus answers and says, it's not meet or appropriate to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now, folks, I want you to realize she's been rebuffed three times for three different reasons. Three times by Jesus himself because she's not a Jew. It's not that God didn't care about her. It's not Jesus didn't have compassion on her. It's that it's not the time for the, for the gospel to go to the Gentiles. He was sent first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles later. She happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time according to the things that Jesus said to her. But does that stop her or slow her down? Not a bit. She continues and answers and says, Truth, Lord. Everything he says is true, by the way. She recognizes that. She says, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, Great is your faith, be it unto thee, even as thy wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So I want you to see something. The criteria that Jesus establishes for the disciples, the 12 and the 70, is the same criteria that's operating in his ministry, same requirement that's necessary in his ministry, where healing and Deliverance is concerned. And that is, someone has to receive what they hear about Jesus, or another way of saying that is, they have to come in faith. And one woman coming in faith overcame the timeline that God had set for Jesus' ministry. She crossed the barrier that was preventing her from receiving, that God Himself set because of faith. Now here's the question, if faith would make God change his timeline, what would faith not do? Where are the limits on faith? Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, in faith, I'll do it. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus said, there's no limit to faith in prayer. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Where are the limits of faith? You can't find God set in one. Now, without question, people get out in left field where faith is concerned. They start believing for things that the Bible doesn't promise. And God's under no obligation to answer or hear what somebody considers to be faith. that goes beyond the word. Look within Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. And up this is after the resurrection. And upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Now, does one person have a greater lock on the name of Jesus where authority is concerned, authority over the devil is concerned, than somebody else? Doesn't the Bible say that authority has been given to all of us over the devil? It does, doesn't it? Jesus said, whatsoever you ask, if you ask anything, call for or require anything in my name, I'll do it. Well, that would include authority over the devil if we didn't have any other scripture. So we don't ascribe that first sign as to be a special sign for certain people. Now, we don't have authority over the devil to make him leave the earth. Wouldn't that be nice if we did? But you can make him leave your part of the earth. Even if it takes a while for him to go. So he said, in my name, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. First sign is they'll cast out devils. What's another sign that follows those that believe in his name? They shall speak with new tongues. Now, I know there's some part of the church world that believes that's for a certain few, not for everybody. But we know the answer. We know the Bible answers that question for us. As is the baptism of the Holy Ghost is available for any believer, anybody that's saved. And we know the baptism of the Holy Ghost is evidenced by or the result of being filled with the Holy Ghost is to speak with new tongues or speak with other tongues, whichever way you want to say it. So here Jesus is saying that one of the signs that will follow those that believe in his name is the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in, new to- in other tongues. We know that's not for a select few. Even though the whole of the church world doesn't know that. We know that the Bible is very clear. Jesus is the one that said, If you know how to be good fathers to your children, how much more shall your father give the Holy Ghost to them than ask him? It's for everybody. There's no certain ones that have a lock on that sign of speaking with new tongues. So here's two, the first two that are mentioned of the signs that follow those that believe in the name of Jesus that we can clearly conclude that belong to everybody. Now, the next two are a little bit different. One is talking about taking authority over the devil again. They shall take up serpents. The next one is if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. The last one is divine protection. Well, you don't need divine protection every minute of the day, do you? But there are times where you will. And Jesus seems to be saying, in those times where you need divine protection, don't worry, you'll have it. But again, the same principle is true. It would belong to everybody, not just a few. Where he talks about taking up serpents, That's just another way of saying they'll exercise authority over the devil. Again, that's for everybody. So that brings us to the fifth and the last of the five signs that he said would follow those that believe in his name. Notice he didn't say these signs shall follow those that are called to the ministry. He didn't say these five signs shall follow those that have a special anointing on their life. He said these five signs shall follow those that believe in his name. Folks, I would submit that if you're saved, you believe in His name. And notice what He said the last sign would be. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover.
0: Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing.
1: Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease.
0: Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: He did not say they lay hands on the sick and they might recover. He didn't say they would lay hands on the sick and every once in a while somebody would get well. He didn't say they'd lay hands on the sick and everybody would be instantly healed. That's not what recovery is. But he did say that they would lay hands on the sick and the sick would recover. In other words, there would be a transfer of healing power. And nowhere in this list, nowhere in Jesus' instruction, is there any indication that they'll feel anything at any point in time. I don't know about you, but I don't feel anything when I speak in tongues. Now, if I speak in tongues long enough, I'll feel something afterwards. It'll have an impact on my physical being. But I don't feel anything when I speak in tongues. I don't feel anything when I exercise authority over the devil. Why should I expect to feel anything when I lay hands on the sick? Yeah, but Pastor Mike, we've heard stories of when people lay hands on the sick, there's a charge of electricity that goes out of one person into another. Well, that's great, but Jesus never said you'd have that. I rejoice in those testimonies just like you do. But I'm not going to build a doctrine on them. Amen? So is Jesus or is he not conferring on the church? Again, it's not the disciples. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. There's not a time period on that. There's not an expiration date on that. As long as anybody on the earth believes in his name, these five signs are available. Are they not? And one of those signs would be healing for the sick. Now let's keep reading, see what happened after Jesus told them these things. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them. Now notice the word them if you're reading in the King James the word them is in italics. That means the translators added it. Now I don't really know why they added that in this place unless they thought that it made better sense in the English language. But that's not what it says. It says. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word. See, as long as they're preaching the word, he's working with them. But the instruction that the Holy Ghost has given us is that God works with his word. Now, why is that? Because receiving the truth of the word of God concerning Jesus and concerning healing as being God's will is necessary today just like it was necessary in Jesus' ministry, just like it was necessary in the ministry of the 12, just like it was necessary in the ministry of the 70. And that's the only criteria that you can ever find in the Bible, the only requirement that's ever made. So they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. Now, what do those signs following mean? That means everywhere they preached the word, people cast out devils. means everywhere they preached the word, people spoke with new tongues. That means everywhere they preached the word, when divine protection was necessary, they had it. Everywhere they preached the word, authority was exercised over the devil to to break his power over others. And everywhere they preached the word, hands were laid on the sick and the sick recovered. Folks, I would submit to you that the church today has the same mandate as the 12 had in Jesus' ministry, and the same mandate that the 70 had in Jesus' ministry, the same mandate that Jesus had, and that is to declare and show that healing is a part of the kingdom of God and that it's a matter of obedience on the part of the believer, not a matter of, or a question of power. It's a matter of obedience. We've been commanded to heal the sick. I'll prove it to you with one one last scripture, and that's over in James chapter 5. James chapter 5. The only instruction that's given for healing in the local church is James chapter 5. Beginning in verse 14, he says, Is any sick among you? Well, among who? Among the church. James writes this to the 12 tribes, the Jewish Christians that are scattered abroad because of the persecution that arose in the days of the early church. Some fled from Jerusalem to Judea. Some fled to Decapolis. Some fled to Rome. Some fled to some of the other Gentile parts of the world following Paul's ministry and after churches were established there. So he writes to Jewish Christians that are scattered all over the world. And he says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Now, elders of the church implies that he expects them to have found a body of believers somewhere wherever they went. And to be part of that body. In other words, he expects them to be part of a local congregation. So he says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them, the elders, pray over him anointing with all in the name of the lord and the prayer of faith might save the sick and the prayer of faith shall save the sick now if you look up this word save you're going to find out it's the word sozo s-o-z-o in the greek it means a number of things it means to heal it means to deliver it means to preserve it means a variety of things well he's talking about sickness and disease. And deliverance thereof. So he's got to be talking about healing. This is the same word that's translated whole in Mark chapter 5, where Jesus says in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Well, Jesus is saying that the woman's faith healed her, isn't he? So this word obviously includes healing. Well, since that's what he's talking about, that's the subject, let's read it that way. Now, I don't know why the translators translated it the way they did. Maybe healing was such a taboo subject in his day. The day of the translators, they tried to stay away from it altogether. But the prayer of faith doesn't save the sick in any way other than saving them from sickness. And the only way to be saved from sickness is healing. I don't know why they didn't come right out and say it. But that's obviously what it means. So notice it says, in the prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if, 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 if. Don't think that every sickness and disease is caused by sin. But there are some cases where it is. But even in those cases, and if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. It doesn't even take a different kind of prayer. The same prayer of faith that heals the sick forgives sin. Now, as I've said before, and forgive me for repeating myself, but not everybody knows this. There's two times the word pray or prayer is in these scriptures. One is where it says to call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, pray over the sick, pray over the sick. That word means oratory worship or vocal worship. It literally means instead of making a request like we usually think of in line with the word pray, it's not telling the church or the elders to pray or request anything. It's saying to worship God, with and over those that have come. What for? There's only two forms of oratory worship or vocal worship. One is praise and the other is worship. Praise is thanking God for something that he's done. Now, what would we thank God for something that he's done regarding the sick? Well, Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for sickness and disease. He took your infirmities and bore your sickness. That's something to praise God about, isn't it? It is if you're sick. What about worship? Worship is a response to what God's done by manifest, or magnifying who He is. Well, what is there to magnify about who God is regarding the sick? He is our healer. So here, where it's saying, and they shall pray over Him, the elders shall pray over the sick, it literally means they shall recognize the price that Jesus paid for sickness and disease. And to magnify God because Jesus is our healer. But another word is used in verse 15. Where it says in the prayer of faith shall save the sick. This word prayer is not the same word for pray. In the previous verse. This word prayer means vow or declaration. It does not mean request. It means the vow of faith or the declaration of faith. I've used this example before because this is the best one I know to come up with. If I make a vow to serve God, I'm not asking Him to do anything. If I vow to God that I'm going to serve Him all the days of my life, I'm just saying, This is the way it is for me. This is the decision that I've made. This is the declaration that I'm making. This is the vow that I'm entering into. So, here where it says the prayer of faith, it means a vow or declaration. Notice it's a vow or a declaration of faith. Belief in what God has done through Jesus in his work on the cross. Believe that healing was accomplished through the finished work of Jesus. So let's read it again. Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray. Praise God and or worship him over the sick. Anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. The declaration or the vow of faith, declaration or vow of that which Jesus has done, shall heal the sick, shall heal the sick, shall heal the sick. Now, folks, I've I've, I've got to ask you a question. How does James know that the pastors or the elders of the churches where everybody's been scattered to have special healing anointings? Maybe he knows of a a pastor in Samaria that has a special healing anointing. But he doesn't say call for the ones that have special anointings. He doesn't say call for those that have special healing ministries. He says this is the way it has to work in every church. This is the way it's supposed to work in every church, which means every church, every pastoral ministry has to have something from God the power to cast out devils and to heal diseases, sickness and disease in order for this scripture to be fulfilled. That means that every church has a healing anointing. Every church has a healing mandate. Otherwise, it would be impossible for these scriptures to be true and or fulfilled. Every church has a healing mandate. Even the question that James asked by the Holy Ghost in verse 14, implies that there shouldn't be any sick in the church is any sick among you you wouldn't write that to churches nowadays you'd write the 50 or 60 percent of you that are sick here's what you need to do but he implies that there shouldn't be any sick in the church now folks i realize that the church well there's no church that i know of no local church that i know of that's living up to this us included but the fact that we haven't experienced it yet doesn't mean it's not true. And the reason that I keep preaching on this is because I believe we're going to experience it. Again, there's no instruction. There's no requirement between what we would consider major diseases or minor diseases. Big cases of healing versus little cases of healing causes of sickness and disease or anything else the one cause of sickness and disease is referred to is already covered in the same vow or declaration of faith I believe there's something here that we haven't yet seen at least I haven't seen in the way that we should because if this word is true if this was given by the Holy Ghost then every church including this church can be a place where there is no sickness and disease in any form, in any measure, or in any way. And I'm not going to give up till we get there. I believe we need to be up front about saying we have a mandate to heal the sick. That's what the 12 had, wasn't it? They were commanded to heal the sick. They were commanded to preach the kingdom of God. It is God's will for things to be on the earth just like it is in heaven. We've got a mandate to preach the gospel of Jesus finished work. And we've got the same mandate to heal the sick that the twelve had. We've got the same mandate to heal the sick that the seventy had. We've got the same mandate to heal the sick that Jesus had. But the Bible doesn't say let the elders call for the sick. It says let the sick call for the elders. And we're all at different places in our relationship with God and our knowledge of the Word and in faith. I think a lot of times we put people under pressure when they're not ready. But what are we left with? We're left with the instruction given to us in the Word of God. Let the sick call for the elders of the church. And let the elders praise God with them because of what Jesus has done. And the vow and declaration of faith. Shall heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. It's not even your responsibility to get well. God raises you up. The Bible says that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, and with his stripes we were healed. Healing is already yours. Take hold of it by faith in the name of Jesus today. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: And he said, In the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I like one translation of this in verse uh, 18 where it says, The gates of hell shall not be able to hold out. Somehow or another it seems to me that most of the church world is thinking of the, the devil on the attack. But the picture that Jesus paints, the illustration he gives, is that the church is moving forward and the gates of hell are trying to hold out against it.
0: Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6.00 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7.00 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.